This is episode six of The Chick in Charge with host Mary Parker, and today's guest is Shania Chavis. Shania is a longtime Atlanta communications pro with experience at top Atlanta networks, and she's been making her mark in the media world as a standout communications contributor in the Southeast U.S. for a long time. Shania is the division chief, broadcast cable and film at Fulton County, and is the director of government external affairs. She is a chick in charge in her own right. Listen up, Shania is a trailblazer. Welcome to the Chick in Charge. All-in-One Security CEO Mary Parker celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African-American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the chick in charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Good morning. Good morning. We are so excited to be back with the Mary Parker presenting the Chick in Charge podcast. And today we are especially excited because, you know, I don't go too many places without Sarah Smith. Sarah with Mary, if I could only be in your suitcase. I see the world. Oh, my gosh. That would be fun, too, Sarah. And we're going to have fun today. We are going to have so much fun. Yes, we are. And we have with us, and she's definitely not a stranger to no. this community. No, she is We've not. We've got Miss Shania Chavis with us today. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Shania. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. You look spectacular. Thank you. I wish we were. I wish this was video. When next time when we when we do some video, you got to come in and do a live show with no us. No problem. And I'll wear the exact same outfit. Thank you. Because that red is <laughs> that red is popping. <laughs> and if not the same, we do declare that you must wear red yes. back on the show. Consider yes. it done. Thank yes, you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time mm-hmm. thus far, and. The purpose, Shania, of these podcasts is to empower women. Awesome. So as we go through and we're going to ask you a few questions, Sarah's going to chime in from time to time. I am because I just can't keep my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) And we just want you to just, you know, really come on and give it to us today. And we're going to start with this question. Shania, what was your first job and what did you learn from it? Well, my very first job ever, not in my current industry, uh, I was a cashier uh, at a Kmart, and I was just 16 years old. Wow. They had just given us those work permits, and my parents were insistent on if I wanted anything designer uh, that I thought my peers were wearing that I thought was very cool, that I would have to do it myself. I would have to buy it myself. Right. And it was one of the best experiences from just number one, interacting with people, making my own money. Yes. And then understanding some people were really pressing me to make sure that I went to college so that I could have options moving forward. Did you always want to go to college? I always wanted to go to college. Uh, It was not an, now that was not an option in our house. Uh, I am a first generation. Uh, college gotcha. uh, graduate and so in my family and okay. so it was just it was it was just not an option you were going to go to school just decide what you're going to study right and decide where you want to right. go 
of course, my mom wanted me to be a nurse. My dad wanted me to go into computers. And when I said I wanted to go into television, uh, they looked at me and literally my dad said, who do you know that looks like you on television? Seriously. Mm -hmm. And it just sounded to him, I think, like Hollywood. You know, he didn't understand that, you know, growing up initially in New York before my parents moved to Atlanta, uh, I grew up at the dinner table watching Walter Cronkite. Right. So, you know, I would pretend to be a reporter as grandma would come with the food. You wow. know, I would have the spoon in hand and pretend to be moderating or, or reporting on what she was bringing to the table. And I always loved to write. I loved to journal when I was a mm, little girl. Interesting. And so, uh, it, you know, I, I knew pretty early on what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew in order to do it, I was going to have to be trained. And so college absolutely was going to be the path. Yes. Not that, again, that I had an option. Well, that's, that's wonderful that your parents, it sounds like your mom was a lot like our mom because, unlike you, growing up in New York, we actually grew up on a farm. Oh, wow. My parents were sharecroppers, and it wasn't an eighth-grade education between my two parents. Wow. So we are, as well, a uh, first-generation yes. of uh, college-educated educa- children. Yes, but now the, the other part of that question you asked was what was my, f- my, f- my first job. So that was my first job ever. But my first job in television was in Macon, Georgia. Uh, I started in small market, uh, and back then, uh, everybody knew you started in small market uh, in order to learn everything, do right. everything. And um, not until I got much older uh, and had many more years in the industry did I really fully appreciate all that the small market brought. Can I ask it, you a question? Sure. Is there a story that you covered in Macon yes. that kind of stands out in your mind? So, Mary, you'll appreciate this coming from living on a farm. Um, you know, Macon was, um, I, I want to say, I don't remember the market size, 130, 150, I don't remember, somewhere in between. And, um, you know, there are a lot of rural uh, communities surrounding, obviously, Macon. And, uh, and there was a gentleman named uh, Buddy Moore. Buddy Moore had the town's largest farm. Wow. And um, Buddy Moore's farm uh, had all this cattle, and uh, I mean, it was pretty impressive. And his, obviously, his main bread and butter of how he made his living. And came, there came a storm, and lightning struck a tree and killed all of Buddy Moore's cows, all of his cattle. Wow. And for months, you know how now when you see a story and you're thinking, when will this story ever go away? Right. right? Yes. You know, it, I mean, it just has legs. It has team coverage. It, you know, it, well, that was the story of Buddy Moore and those cows. Uh-huh. So first it was the lightning. Yeah. And then it was the cattle died. Like they and were then, electrocuted. Yes, they were. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. And then how are we going to bury the cattle? And now how is Buddy Moore, and then we had environmental issues, and then how is Buddy Moore going to make money? And when I say this community rallied around for Buddy Moore, uh, it was, but I remember it as vividly as it was yesterday, because it was a really big story in that community. And huge for that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how long did that story cover? I'm telling you, it (laughs) went on for months. It went on for months. Wow. I mean, if you think you're saying the same thing over and over again on certain networks, this, this, you know, that was it for that size market. So we did what we could. But I, I remember that vividly because Amazing. also back then you had to shoot your own stuff. 
uh, edit your own stuff, write your own stuff, produce your own stuff. And so I was very entrenched in that particular story. Mary, Mary, I want to ask you a question. Sure. If that's okay. Um, And then we jump back to Shania. But it's interesting because I was just sitting here and I'm like, we never asked Mary this question. Um, What do you wish someone had told you before you started your first job? Oh, my gosh, to not be in a hurry to go to work. (laughs) Because had I known then what I know now, I would have begged for a few years later. Oh, my God. Yes, but that would have been one thing. And another thing would have been to have fun. Mm -hmm. Have fun early in life. I have worked, worked, and worked. So I was really in my 50s when I understood how important having most people call it a balanced life, but it's not a balanced life no. for me, but at least to incorporate having some fun. Right. And it's so funny that you would even say that that would be what you would do because actually that's in line with what I believe too. I was so busy wanting to hurry up yes. and get to the television market that if I could do it all over again, um, I wanted to, I should have gotten my master's degree in journalism such that I could have. Right now, if I decided to just be done with it all and I wanted to be on a college campus and and mentor um, kids, I would have the master's degree that that goes along with it. So now I just recently, you know, wrote my, you know, statement of purpose and personal statement and and have been admitted into a university. But I have not started yet because my long term goal is to be able to uh, teach Kids, yeah, uh, journalism and the integrity that goes along with journalism. Fantastic, yeah. that's wonderful. So I really wish, to your point, I wish that I had just slowed down. I mean, what was another fifteen to eighteen months going to do? You know, I could have just finished that off. Right. But in my mind, if I didn't hurry up and get to that small market, there was just somebody was going to take my job, and you know, yeah, I absolutely understand how you feel about that because. You know, and growing up and, and getting really, really entrenched into the security and other male-dominated industries, I had to get there. Yes. And I've got to prove myself. Yes. So it was no time to go out and have fun. No. I've got to study and prepare myself so that when I do get to the table, I will be the most prepared person. Absolutely. You know, and that's something that we want to really, really encourage our audience um, in reference to this conversation, we are really sharing with you some tips that you can take today and maybe make some adjustments in where you are as well. Absolutely. And, um, so, Shania, I'm going right on into the next question. Sure. What would you tell your older self? And I know that you would probably add getting that master's degree sooner, but what are some of the other things or another point that you would uh, say to your younger self? I would also tell my younger self, uh, in addition to getting that master's degree, I would have also told myself to take um, all of my foreign languages just a bit more serious because I I just, um, I should be speaking fluent everything by now. Right. But you know, I, I took the courses to pass the classes and now when we are living in such an international world and and culture and you want in a diverse world you really want to be able to communicate uh, in various different languages and especially in my business i can't imagine really what would have happened had i just had that as well i mean i'm sorry miss shania chavis rucker you can speak french you can speak Spanish. spanish i just really wish i had my younger self would have just been a lot more diligent about those studies i would agree with you I, as well, Spanish especially. Yes. I took Spanish early and in 
college, I thought I was Maria. Yeah. And had I continued with you the are Spanish, <laughs> had I continued with that, uh, I would probably be in a different spot as well. Absolutely. I'm really, really proud that I've, two of my grandchildren speak both Spanish and French. That's Brilliant. awesome. Yes. Brilliant. So it's, it's awesome. That's excellent. Sarah, did you have something that you wanted, that oh, you wanted just, to add I'm here? I'm silently suffering over here. Uh, listening to your your answer, my mother is French Canadian. Oh, and Sarah! My mother went to college in the '40s. She went to the University of Rhode Island. Wow! She graduated. She was one of the few women at the University of of Rhode Island. Amazing! And then she was a Fulbright scholar, and went to Africa, where she met my dad. Yes. And he was a high school dropout. And he got his college degree without having a high school diploma. Amazing. And after he got his college degree, he got his high school diploma. But my mother used to speak French. Yeah, she used to speak French all the time in the house. And the words were interjected into the English sentences. And, you know, my father always said, too sweet. Like, move it. Yes. Too sweet. Yes. And then my mother called the downstairs bathroom the levette. The levette. And I always thought that was the name for the downstairs bathroom. But my <laughs> friends always made fun of me. They're like, that's just a bathroom. No, it's the Levette. So, so, so like us, you wish you too had uh, taken yes, that? Yes, yes. I wish that I had um, really just listened to her more mm-hmm. because she had it down. She had the skills. And so. we all know that there are fabulous women, um, you know, of various cultures and to be able to communicate with them and in their communities for their kind, right. their events, you know, it, it would be nice. You can still learn it. Yes, you're right. There's an you're app. You're absolutely There's an right. App. There's an app for that, I'm Duol- sure. It, no, there is one. It's called Duolingo. Duol- okay. Duolingo. Check it out. I will check, check it out. Check it out. I, I definitely recommend it. I do. I think it's it's an excellent one. So, so we were talking about what would your younger self tell your older self? What would your older self tell your younger self? Oh, my gosh. It's a hard question. It is a hard question. And I have to begin thinking as my grandmother and my mother thought when they were the older ones telling us. Because, you know, if we live long enough, believe it or not, we definitely do turn into our moms. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So my younger self would say to my older self, you know, everyone's not like you. Everyone is not like you. Yes. You do you, mm. and then you encourage others to do them, to do themselves. Because, you know, um, I'm thinking here, when I speak with my nieces and nephews, I want so much for them. And I want that for them now, Yeah. not later. And I, I said to one of my nephews, okay, I'm going to quit pushing you kids because no one wants to move. And he says to me, no, you can't. You can't quit pushing us because if you do, no one else would. Yes. Right. And so that's what, you know, those are some of the things I would say to my younger self is take life a little bit more lightly than what you do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. What about you, Sarah? Oh, my God, I have no idea. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I am like a workaholic. Okay. You know, if it's usually seven days a week. Mm. and there's always something else to do. I have a really hard time relaxing. Maybe I should quit drinking so much coffee. 
That would be a great start. Yeah, that's yeah. a good start. Yes. I want to ask you two ladies something. As outstanding women in your fields, and I'll throw this to you, Shania. Sure. How do you, how did you, because I know this has happened, how did you deal with uh, jealousy mm. and um, resentment from other women? That is so amazing that you're asking me that because I don't know about you all, but I have conversations with myself often right? Um, because I like to rehearse my conversations with people um, so that I can, it's almost like, you know, how when you have your text and when someone sends you something and you want to respond, you know, I allow myself to type it out and then I hit delete so that I can feel like, you know, because I, I have to police what I say, because we all know that once it's out there, it's yes. out there, yes. you can't take it back. And, and so often uh, things are misconstrued in terms of the tone and the intent. Especially in writing. Especially yes. in writing. Yeah. But um, so I, I try to check myself, you know, emotionally. And in this moment, this very day, I am trying to check myself um, because of the jealousy um, that exists mm -hmm. from another female that I helped get promoted. Gotcha. That I helped get promoted. That and, says a lot about that person. Oh, it is, it, it is excruciating because I really wanted a lot for this person. Right. And now that this person is in a position um, of leadership, I don't really recognize the person. Wow. And so... And because there's an area in which I can help with this person, yep. and this person knows that, and Mary, I know you have had to have gone through this, Yes. where um, that's your light. Your light shines in a certain kind of way. My light shines in a certain kind of way. And I have a, a skill and a gift and a talent that God has given only me. And he's only given this skill and talent to that other person, right? right. But that doesn't mean that we can't complement each other that's right. and that we can't support each other. And so I, I am just really, really into women helping women, yes. Yes. sisters supporting sisters, no matter what the sister looks like. I just believe in women supporting women. And it just breaks my spirit sometimes when I see women who are so uh, jealous and envious. Right. And I, it just, it breaks my spirit. So I continue to try to encourage because I don't want to block my own blessing yeah. because you are, are you have a certain kind of disposition with me because it really is about your own insecurity. It is. And I have to get out of the, my earthly self and get more to a spiritual place yeah. in order to deal with that because um, it is very, very real. Shania, you really just set the stage yeah. for me. Um, and that's what I've chose to use, the spiritual yes. instead of the, uh, the carnal self. Yes. Um, I never recognized jealousy. <laughs> Someone else had to literally she point it out it. to me. Yes. She blocked it, and, uh, which is it, fantastic. And it hurts so badly yes. when, uh -huh. you when, you, when you finally recognize right. that people really don't love you as they say they do. And that's so disturbing for me. Why be bothered? Yes. If you know that this is not a person that you want to be around. Yep. Now, for me, it happened, I probably started noticing about five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was after working 35, 40 years yes. to get where we are, right? Mm -hmm. And so now people 
tend to judge you yes. because of what you have, yes. not who you are. Right. And that's so very, very disturbing because I know that I'm a genuine person. Absolutely. I'm an encourager. And so my mother, my mother would say to me, you don't own that. If you're talking about someone else's jealousy, my mother would say, that's not your problem. That's exactly right. You do not own that. So don't buy into it, baby. Just okay. go on and keep doing what you're doing because you know what God would have you do. That's exactly and right. And I practice that daily. And so if someone calls to my attention that someone's jealous of me, mm-hmm. I'm going, oh, no way. And they're going, yeah, way. People yes. don't care as you do. No. So just, you know, I encourage people to just turn that around. Don't buy into it mm-hmm. because when you do, they've now brought you to their That's standard. That's exactly right. And you want to maintain your standards. That's right. I want to ask because we're gonna we got to wrap up, but I want to ask Shauna one more question. Sure. While she's here, what would you tell a 22-year-old uh, journalism graduate uh, woman to do? What would your what be would be your piece of advice for that? particular young lady? Well, first and foremost, um, I'm a writer at heart. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that if you can write um, and write well, you will always have a job. Now, having said that, I recognize the digital age. So I would also encourage her to know how to do everything. So that means from the social platforms, but it also means the, the, the core Um, journalistic uh, fundamentals. So know how to write, know how to shoot your own video, know how to edit, know all about all of the social media platforms. Um, And I would also say, get out in the community and do community service. Why? Uh, I have been gone from my first television market here in Atlanta for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I am busier now in the community emceeing events, moderating events, um, because there is nothing like connecting with people beyond the screen. And when you are able to connect with people beyond the television screen, you really can understand their stories better. And I think it makes you a better journalist. Uh, If you are just sitting in the studio, uh, right. It, you you have no perspective because you've not been in the field. Right. And so my my biggest piece of advice would be start in a small market still, learn how to write, learn all of the social media, and learn everything that relates to uh, journalism one hundred and one, and get into the community. Wow, perfect. Well, Mary, what do you what do you got to say, Mary? And that definitely spells. A chick in charge. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And congratulations to you. Thank you. On Thank this you. podcast. It's a, it's a wonderful idea. I just, I congratulate you for all that you're doing here, but all that you two are doing in the community. Uh, you are a force and I recognize it. And I'm really grateful that you had me on today. Well, thank you. And we'll have you back. Be my pleasure. Yes. Subscribe to The Chicken Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chicken Charge.